Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. Lord, we give you praise. Lord, we are you for what you are doing. We thank you for what you are doing. We bless your name because you are a faithful God. We thank you because you are a faithful God. Father, we say, let your name be glorified in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for your mercies. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your spirit that you are pouring everywhere. We give you all the praise. Lord, we say, let your name be glorified. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' most wonderful name we pray. Amen. Let's have our seat. God bless us all in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank God for what God is doing. And how God is moving in the church. You know, um, pouring his spirit from everywhere, even in Sunday school and things like that. And you know, it it is a it is it is a wonderful season in the church as God is having his way. And as we look at this also when we begin to look at especially in these seasons, is to understand well when we look at um, strategies by which the devil does his things. Especially when things are active this way, it is, it is, it is, it is a time when if you are not conscious or understand how emphasis are laid, you could lay emphasis on the wrong thing. You could lay emphasis on the wrong thing. So as we look at these together, when we are talking about strategies, when you say somebody went into a strategic meeting or a meeting of strategy, is that you are you are examining what ex- it is well planned. Let's put it that way. It is well planned. That means that it is not something that just happens out of out of out of the blue. And when you are when you are doing strategy meetings, at times there is what they call SWOT, which is basically your 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 strength and weaknesses analysis to be able to understand what exactly is going on. Now, as we begin to try to look, because we we you know we thank God for victory. We went through last week about the um, you know the the courtroom. You know, and we spoke last week even further around the fruits of the spirit and all those kind of things, just to kind of. So what we are just doing is just. I just feel that you know it's just important to to kind of wrap up certain areas as we look at it. So one of the challenges first is that the devil has a pattern, and the pattern is that you do not understand what he's doing. That is his greatest strength. Now, Jesus was trying to explain this. When Jesus spoke in John chapter 8, Jesus said, um, uh, Jesus said that, he, he, said, he said, for you are the children, for you are the children of your father, the devil, who, and you love to do evil. You love to do the evil things he does. He, he, he was a murderer from the beginning, and he always hated the truth. Because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character. He said, he, he, now said, he said, for he is a liar and a father of all lies. And basically, please note that Jesus did not say the father of all liars. He said the father of all lies. Because he's saying that lies generate from him. So, he now said, he said, when, when I tell the truth, it, you, 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 you just naturally don't believe it. Because, because the body is wired 
to kind of the fallen nature of man to accept lies. Now, you can quickly interpret this as, oh, somebody lies and says, uh, this person stole this person, he lied to that person. That is why I pointed out what Jesus did not say. He did not say father of liars. So what he's talking about is deeper than just he lied against me, she lied against me. He's not talking about that. Now, as we begin to look at it, what is a lie? That means that when somebody is lying, they are not telling you the, what they are showing you or selling to you is not the actual truth of, this, of, of the way things are. Does that make sense? So that means that if I am hitting you, that is what you can see. But the actual impact, I am making you feel the what, the, what you are feeling. Let's be that. What you are feeling is the opposite of the truth. Does that make sense? We'll get there. That's when, when Jesus will talk. Jesus said, what will a man gain if he gains this old world and loses his soul? What Jesus is saying is that you have been sold a lie. What you think is gain for you is actually a loss. So what Jesus is saying is that when he was describing the devil is that he has a way of proposing something that looks like a game but in the actual sense it is lost. Now the challenge will not be if you and I do not understand what gain means and what loss means. Does this make sense to us? Let's go to the next slide please. I think I have a scripture. You know, the Bible says here. Mm. Now, when Jesus was there, uh, this is Paul talking, he said, For we walk through, we walk in the flesh, that is as mortal men. We are not carrying, uh, we are not carrying carrying our spiritual warfare according to the flesh. So the Bible says our weapons of warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through uh, Christ. Now, I just want to just go to verse 5 for me, please. Now, you would think that when Paul is talking about warfare, Paul is saying that we are destroying sophisticated arguments. What he's saying is that you lose the battle on either what you understand by the truth or lies. That is, that is what determines either you win the battle with the devil or not. It's not the warfare. So Paul said, he said, sophisticated argument and every, every exalted and proud thing that sets itself against the true knowledge of God. So Paul is saying, this is warfare. But what the devil will try to make you understand first is that this is not warfare. This one is just grammar. But he knows that the rise and fall of a spiritual battle lies on this. So, when Jesus will begin to talk and introduce the devil, he begins to introduce him as he is the father of lies. He will sell you things that you will think you are winning. But actually, you've lost. As we go on, you will discuss, you know, when, when you read the issue around Pharaoh, when Israel was at was in slavery, what makes sense? Why would Pharaoh kill all male all male um, child to say just because of one? Economically, it doesn't make sense because they are slaves, and you need men to be able to increase your workflow. Does that make sense? But now he now killed all men. So that means that old generation, it will not have, neither would they be able to reproduce. What I'm trying to say to you is that to you and me, that is a loss, but to the devil, it is a gain. So if you don't understand what losses and profits mean, 
in terms of the spirit, you would see things and say, ah, this is a profit. But actually, it is a, it is, it is a loss. So naturally, you would say, it doesn't make sense that Pharaoh will kill all young men just because there is one boy. But in the terms of the things of the devil, that is a good strategy. That's actually his strategy. So that means that there are certain times that if you are not careful, the devil can partner with your ministry. You would, things will be going well. People will be getting healed. You would think it's a plus, but actually before God is a minus. And that is why when we begin to see and try to understand what the, when we begin to look at how the Bible tells us to really understand. So, when the only way you can know lies versus truth, as far as God is concerned, is by scriptures. When you begin to have your version of lie or truth, you have, you have missed it. Number one, the reason why that is, is that the devil is far older than any of our forefathers. What does that mean? He has gathered experience. That is why when you are talking about spiritual warfare, some people categorize some spirit as familiar spirits. Familiar spirit is not that uh, they look like you or this. No, fam what they mean by familiar spirit is that they have ton of history. It is something that so you 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 are not <laughs> you know so devising new technology is not doesn't work in this in, when it comes to them because he's dealt with generation upon generation upon generation upon generation since Adam. So if you are going to come now and come to come and invent your own truths. That is why when Jesus was describing the devil, when he was telling, he said, from the beginning, but what he was saying is that this guy has built history. He understands things properly. That's why some people will go to um, an evil spirit to go and inquire and speak to their grandfather and things like that. And they begin to get everything accurately. It is because they are dealing with a familiar spirit. He understands history. He doesn't see the future. He only understands it and is making propositions based on the wealth of knowledge that he has had. That's what is happening. But we are not here to talk about demonology and all this kind of stuff. But what we are saying is that, I'm just trying to point out to you, is that when we are looking at strategy, the, one of the issues is that the devil would, would, his intention is for you to start on the wrong note. And once you start on the wrong note, it doesn't, it, you know, it, it's not... Is not a problem. And one of the, you know, one of the, so as we first of all look at that is, and we come to uh, uh, this point, is that when we talk about temptations and things like that, <laughs> temptations in itself, as far as God is concerned, is a way by which God approves you that you are, you are, you are qualified for the next level. But it is still the same tool that the devil uses to destroy you. So, Job, as an example. God's investment in that meeting was that I will prove that Job is right. The devil's investment in that same meeting is that I will destroy him. So, when something comes before you, the, the first thing to note is that there are two interests. In that, in, the, in, in, in that issue. God has an interest. The devil also has an interest. So, as we begin to, and one thing I just want to say also is that, so that also means is that a temptation or situation may come to your path. It is not that you have done something wrong. It's just, this is what I'm trying to, that's why I said, things have been, that is how God operates. You cannot change him. Because, do you know why you cannot change it? One of the reasons is that you are not the only one that will judge in, 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 in eternity. So you cannot say, God, change my home for me. No, it doesn't happen that way. Because you will not have your own separate line when you get to heaven. So he will judge you based on the way he has judged everybody that has come before you. 
That's why when Jesus was saying to people about Sodom and Gomorrah, he said, he said, he said, if I overlook what you are doing, I said, then I will have to appeal to Sodom and Gomorrah. He said, he said, Sodom and Gomorrah will not have been destroyed. Basically, what he's saying that you, I cannot invent new rules for you. And that is why he is called a just God. So, as we begin to look, so when you look at Jesus as an example, the Bible says that Jesus began to, um, Jesus went into the uh, river and Jesus, God said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. The Bible says he had the, uh, you know, let's go to Luke. The Bible says he was, he was filled with the power of God. Luke, please. The Bible says Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, he left Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. You would think that because somebody has peace with God, you have power, anointing. That will exempt you. But that actually qualifies you for temptation. Once somebody gives their life to Christ, see, there are two ways that the devil uses. Because some people who are, who are not giving their life to Christ, they are, uh, other people, uh, they, the, the devil is chasing them. It is still the same process. The devil is using it to keep them. God is hoping that that situation will chase them today. So, so it is. So in that side, the devil is trying to keep. God is trying to take. On this side, the devil, God is trying to keep. Devil is trying to take. So in that the divide you fall into. That is the pattern. That is the that is the rule of the game. So the Bible now says that Jesus, full with the Spirit, and he was led. He was led. He was led to witness for for fourteen days to be tempted by the devil. Now, he ate nothing in those days. At the end of them, he was hungry. Now, I'm going to just point out one thing here. Jesus did not go into the wilderness to go and fast. How you are? <laughs> he was sent there for 40 days to be tempted. He ate nothing. Why did he choose to eat nothing? What I'm trying to explain to you further is that it is a discipline of the flesh. That's what he was doing. He was disciplining his flesh. So that shows me one thing that when temptation comes, your rise or fall determines on how well your flesh is disciplined. Does that make sense? That's why the Bible will say that Paul, David said, I humbled my flesh with fasting. So fasting is not only to get closer to God. It is also to discipline your flesh. So what I, why, why I said is that because you might just turn it to only be fasting. No, that, was, that fasting was used for something. That's why the Bible started out by saying he was tempted by the devil. Then he did not eat anything while he was there. So that means for 40 days, the devil kept on issuing him different kind of tests. And what he made sure is that his flesh was under control. Does that make sense to us? And so please don't misquote me. I did not say that Jesus did not fast in 40 days. I said the, the use of the fast was to control the flesh. And the Bible says to now, the Bible now says that, and we would we will get to the, uh, this point, is that the Bible says that the, the devils, when he was hungry, so that fast also created another opportunity. And the Bible said that the why did the, the Bible says if you are the son of turn this stone to bread? Why? Because he was hungry. I would explain certain things to you that the devil doesn't, the devil has customized temptation. It is customized according to your flaws or your issues part time. That's why you see that the first thing, after he got hungry, the next statement was, ah, God, you are hungry now. 
Now, I will be pushing it back and forth for you to also understand that if the teachings of, of if the truth was not clear to Christ, if, if he did not understand the truth, he will fall. Should I give you an example? If you had been taught that when you give your life to Christ, you'll never be hungry again. The devil says, if you are the son of God. He was questioning his stand with God. But that is why a Christian that has been brought up with, ah, I can never be poor since I gave my life to Christ. It is, that's why I said that it is the teaching of the truth and what your understanding of the truth that will determine that you fall or you rise. It's not the battle. It's not the, those, um, no job, no food, nothing, they are setting up props for the stage. That is, those are props. They are not the original thing. So, the devil had, the stage was set with hunger. Then I said, okay. Now, if you are, now, if you are somebody that believes that you, that is, okay, the next, one of the temptations of Jesus was that if you want to give, um, um, if, if you bow down to me, I'll give you the whole kingdom. And I'm, 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 I'm trying to point strategies within as uses for Christians. So I'm not talking about strategies generally. If you are more passionate about your call, calling, more than God, you will fall. Because he would have said, ah, at the end of the day, what is your calling? To come and save the world. Stick. And Jesus will have won, he will have gained. But in actual terms, he lost. You know that God says you don't go and preach somewhere. But because, ah, if I preach here, 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 it will blow. You will blow at the other side. <laughs> you are more passionate for ministry than God. It is an opening for the devil. Now, this is why balance is important. Some people may feel that, ah, pastor, it's not, it's not that excited when it comes to spiritual things. Balance matters. Jesus, the disciples of Jesus came. The, the, uh, they, they had cast out demons. They had healed the sick. And they were shouting, Jesus, oh, we did it, we did that. What did Jesus do? Calm down. That is not, your, that is not the basis of what we're doing. Rejoice because your name is written in the kingdom of God. So everybody say, Ah, okay, I join one. Open more. That's why, as God is moving, it is important that we, we understand well. See, no matter how holy you are or how filled with anointing you are, the devil has a packaging for your level. That will meet your needs. Now, let's can I have next slide? The, the, the verse, um, the Bible says here that the, it's not the devil had when the devil had finished tempting Jesus, he left him for the next opportunity. So temptation is you you don't have one victory and say, I have ah, I am victorious. No, that is not scripture. Devil has only given you time. For the next opportunity. Who is looking for opportunity? The devil. Where you are feel that, ah, I just finished power prayer, my my you know, I am the devil will allow you cool down. I used to never allow you cool down. All this fire in my head, fire in my body, you will cool down. Then you come and meet. <laughs> you know. The Bible says, it says, it says, it says, and he left him for a purpose. So Jesus did not cast him out. And we are going to talk about one of the tools that scripture provides 
to deal with these things or else you would think that ah you know why am i always uh, going from one thing to another and things like that god grant us grace in the name of jesus christ now one thing i also want to get to quickly just because of our time is that the devil at times gets updates updated version of the challenge he has given because his agenda is not what you are going through. That is not his point. Now, once we have made what we are going through the doctrine, then, like for example, if somebody is sick now and that is your belief, that is your end up, and if you are not careful, okay, let me put it this way. This is how I, I believe that God looks at himself. When you have a billionaire that marries a pauper, he knows that once he marries that woman, that woman becomes rich automatically. But at the same time, he doesn't want to acknowledge that she married him because of money. She's not going to be rich. She's going, but the day she begins to lay claim, she begins to break his heart because he's aware that she has opportunity with money. But she doesn't want to believe that she married him because of money. Did she not marry him because of money? Yes. <laughs> Will she not be rich? Yes. But he doesn't want it to be a conversation. That's why the Bible calls something labor of love. If a Christian doesn't understand that balance well, you will be focusing on things that are not important to God. Does that make sense to us? I was talking to someone during the week. As much as I like ministries, callings, at times you need to understand how the Bible sees those things. There are some callings that, that does not, please, what I'm about to say doesn't mean one calling is greater than another. But we cannot, there are callings that emerge out of, the, out, of, out of a challenge in the body of Christ. Like for example, Moses was not made to be a prophet for life. But because of the condition, the children of Israel rejected to follow God. That was what turned Moses to be a permanent prophet. I'm not talking about prophet as a office, I'm talking about a ministry. So there are some ministries that have emerged, that God has allowed to emerge to deal with situations, but we have not called those ministries to become standard. But they were never men in the mind of God. Because that does not mean one is greater than another. It just means the use. Somebody can be a contractor. They will earn more than a permanent staff. They are even a senior person. So they are more senior than you. But that their role is not designed to be permanent. Does that make sense? God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. But we'll talk about that even much more. I'm just conscious of our time. Um, the Bible says that he gave him for the next opportunity. Now, I'm looking at Job as an example. I, you know, I discovered that Job chapter 1, God called the devil and said, have you observed my servant Job? And the devil said, ah, you know, why would he not serve you? He said, you have given him everything and things like that. And the Bible says that um, uh, the, the Job was saying, Devil said, like, Will you serve you without nothing and things like that? Let's go on, please. Um, to verse, yeah, the Bible says, Now God now said, But now stretch out your hand and strike everything he has. It will surely, sorry, it will surely cost you. The Lord said to them, Very well, do everything in your power, but on the man you should not lay a finger. Then the devil went. Now you discover that after that, the devil began to destroy everything that he had. Let's just go to the next slide, please. So you, if you read down, now in verse 2, sorry, chapter 2, the Bible says, another day. So that means that at the end of verse 1, chapter 1, if you read it, Job refused to deny God. What did the devil do? I need to update. We don't know. <laughs> we need an upgrade. We have, we have checked things, covered that. So why did the devil not stop? When he destroyed all his family, 
Because those things are just props. That is not the main game. So the Bible says that he went, the angel came and presented them to themselves and Satan came again and the Lord asked him, Satan, and, and things like, let's go on please, just because of our time. Um, the same thing that God said, said to him, and look at, let's go to verse, verse 5, please, quickly, just. Amen, please, can I read this at your time? And the, the, the Bible says, very well, he said, he said, he stretch out your hand and strike his flesh and bone. Now, at the first standard, God said, leave him alone. Do anything else. Then I said, ah, oh, no, let us go for the beats. Because the first one failed. What I'm saying to you is that the devil will always look for the next opportunity with an upgrade. So chapter one did not go well, so chapter two he looked for an upgrade. I just wanted to let you know that at times when the devil I'm, I'm still coming to a point. So, but all this upgrade is agenda is not all those things that he destroyed. That's why I gave an example of when the devil killed, when Pharaoh killed all the son, you may count it as a loss. But as far as the devil is concerned, it's a gain. It is investment that is what is ready to give away in order to win the main prize. So when, when God calls you a priest, as a Christian, what does that mean? You'll be standing before God on behalf of people. Bringing people to God. So the devil can kill every other person to get to you. Because as far as he's concerned, you are the one that will bring them to God. He's ready to hit that. You can't destroy anything just to have that one thing. Does this make sense to us? God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So as we just... So that's why I said here, he said, one victory is not a guarantee for is not a guarantee for final victory. Each victory must prepare God's servant for the next battle in line. Now, why does the devil get this packaging? James 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 tells us, he says, do not say um quickly please, James. The, 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 the Bible says, when you when tempted, do, you should not say, God is tempting me. For God cannot tempt one by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted and driven away by our evil desires. When you read NLT, I don't want to, I don't, sorry, I did, the NLT will tell you desires. Why I did not use evil desire? Because that's another problem for, for every one of us. We don't understand the definition of evil by scripture. You think evil is our tongue, by your capacity. But evil in the eyes of God is different. That's why when Jesus was talking about if you look at the woman and you lost, he was giving them a proper definition as far as God is concerned. So I deliberately wanted to use a translation that would just use the word desire. Now, why would the devil, what, what, what's his Bible saying? The Bible is saying that your temptation is packaged based on your desires or the weakness of your flesh. The devil will never tempt a hundred years old man with a young girl. There is no need. The devil will never scare a hundred and twenty year old man of death. What's going to happen? We <laughs> go to Baba and say, you want to kill somebody. How old is he? 120. <laughs> you know, it doesn't make sense. So what I'm trying to say is that when the Bible is saying your desire, now, your desire could be desire for power. It will package it in that direction. Not specifically alone for you, because there are people who have come down that line of desire. He has them in his archive. He just brushed them up and serve you breakfast by the toilet. <laughs> you get what I'm trying to say? So, 
And that is important. If there's somebody that likes spiritual things, they will package your own setting and give it to you. If what I'm saying in essence is this, everything boils down to the definition of truth, gain or loss, and that can only be gotten accurately from scriptures. So, I'm just going to just share one example of somebody that the devil packaged something for before we just come to the place of prayer together. Judges chapter 8. Now, we all know how Gideon started. Gideon was a powerful man that won battles and things like that. So, one day, the children of Israel came to Gideon and they said, rule over us. You and your son and your grandson because you have saved us from the Midianites. From the Midianites. And, but Gideon told them, I will not rule over you, nor will my children rule over you. The Lord will rule over you. What is that? A man that has fear of God and commitment. See how they will look for packaging for you. <laughs> the man says, and he said, I only have one request, that you should give me your herrings and, and share your plunders. It was the custom of the Ishmaelites to wear gold and herrings. Let's go on, please. And the Bible says that he, he, he said to them, he said, he said we, are, we will be glad to give them to you. So they spread them out, on, uh, out they spread out a garment, and each of them threw their rings and blood into it, and the ways and things like that. Now, where I'm actually going, let's go to the next um, verse, please. Gideon made a gold, the gold into an effort. Do you know what an effort is? It is what priests use to meet God. And he placed it on, a, on, on, on offer. His, his, his town and all Israel prostituted themselves and worshipped it. And it became a snare. What does a snare mean? Pampe. Something that was spiritual. He said, ah, no. This is what we should do. We should. They said, ah, this one like packaging of God. Let's give him packaging of God. Those things that he feels like, ah, you know, God is, God is in charge. Just give him packaging. That packaging ended up being a snare for him and his children. Someone said, you know, you know, when the Bible says, do it this way, you, I hear God, but I don't want to subject to authority. It will become a snare. Scriptures. That is why you cannot discern what is right by just saying, see, if what is what they used to hear God, it is the, you know, when you see the high priest, it is what they put on their body. But that thing, as spiritual as it is, it became a trap for them. That's why you see some people who have gone in ministry and, ah, power is moving. But it is a trap. It will still feel spiritual. It will feel that God is moving, but it's a trap. So let's just quickly, so I just wanted to just ponder hard to us. Now let's let's bring it a little bit more than we just move um, quickly to a point. One of the aspects around also, see, there are certain things that you may not necessarily see as an issue, but but the Bible would say, there's a part when Paul was talking, Paul said, I think Second Corinthians chapter 2, um, now, he said, I hold you now that you reaffirm your love for him. I wrote to you that as you, as, um, as you, as you did to test you to see if you will fully comply with my instructions. When you forgive this man, now, please note that this man offended the church. 
This was the man that Paul sent out to the church. When you read, I think, um, when you read, um, you know, uh, I think maybe chapter 5 or something, or you, I think the First Corinthians, yes, definitely first, first Corinthians, you will see that there was a particular man that Paul told them to get sent out of the church. Now, he now got to a point that Paul now said to them, he said, when you forgive this man, I have forgiven you too. He said, he said, when you, if he said, he said, when I forgive you, whatever, um, I have forgiven you, what, whatever needs to be forgiven. I do this, so I, I do so with Christ's authority for your benefit. Please, who did they offend? The church. He now said, so that Satan will not outsmart us. Basically, the devil is already, you are still looking on, you are right, I'm wrong. But the devil has already, what check out? What's the jackpot? What's the jackpot? What's the jackpot? move on? What's the As we say it. He's gone. You are still there trying to say to, oh, you are right, you are wrong. No. The Bible says, and that's why Paul was saying that, see, even the one that's, he said, he said, he said, he was saying that, he said, he said, he said, when you are forgiven, I have forgiven you too. And when I forgive, when I forgive whatever needs to be forgiven, when Paul was talking, we don't, we are not here to say, you are, no, no, no. At this stage, I can see the devil looking around. And as a servant of God, you need to understand when you see the, level, the devil moving around and you just shut things down immediately. People around you may not see, but you can see what's going on. And it's important, or else, you can finally calm down, but the devil is gone. He's, he's, made, he's made the profit out of you. Some people will gather and say, ah, why will Paul just say this? He did not allow, no, no, no. There, it is not all the time. Because especially when you begin to understand and begin to see a pattern, you know the devil is trying to find, he's trying to check out. There is, there is the Bible says, say, Paul has said, so we are familiar, we are familiar with his evil schemes, that is, with his evil strategy. We, under, we have seen this before. We have seen this before. There was a time that something happened many years, years ago. And you know, people were offended about something that they were going on and on. And I called him and I said, Do you know that this environment is under attack? I said, yeah, 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 yeah. I said, then why are you doing this? Because you don't understand at times that the strategy of the devil is huge. That's why you can finish service. Imagine anybody who just go home and things like that. He knows that the strategy is that he wants to check out. So you can now drive and splash somebody water. I basically say, you know, you are silly, you are this, you are that. And now come down. Okay, my be no, you shouldn't do that, you shouldn't do that, things like that. You are both, you are all both okay. But both of you, you have lost. Because you have been outsmarted. What does outsmart mean? That means, we, sorry, they said that people are under that know English. What is like that? You know, you, you, you know, I, there are so many times that the, you begin to see this that the Bible will keep informing that there are times that the devil has just been and you, you, are, you are gone. But when you finish, you will feel you have gained, but you have actually lost. Let's go to Luke, please. Next slide. Now, Jesus was talking about forgiveness again. When you read from verse 2, he now said, So watch yourself. He didn't say, Watch the other person. Watch yourself. He said, If your brother and sister sin against you, hey, Joe, I thought they were the one. No, Jesus was saying, It is, it is a trap. That's what he said. It is a trap. So if you are not careful, I'm not going to come out. Sorry, sorry. He just keeps coming to my mind. I'm so sorry. Sorry for those who don't understand. 
it is um, they have collected something. <laughs> Amen. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. That is why when we go to First Peter chapter five, Paul was and just reading from Amplify, he said he said be sober, well balanced, and self disciplined we went back to when Jesus was fasting. The issue was putting the flesh under control. He said, be well balanced and well disciplined. Be conscious and as Lord said, the enemy, the devil, is prowling around looking for who to devour. Just don't just close on this because I'm very conscious of... Is One thing I would say is there are times when the devil is making advances. The greatest tool you will have is to resist him. Resisting is that you give, you wait until he, he gets tired and he leaves. That was what Jesus was doing. That's what the Bible says. He left him for a season. It is not every time that you go in battle. There are times where you you wait him out. Omar soon he would go. The devil has been coming to come and poke you and things like that. He's trying to get a response. But there are times you need to maintain your stand and allow it. I don't know if you have seen it before. People, but you, you know, it could be at workplace, it could be in your home, it could be uh, to buy everything. Our life. What has happened? You have had to wait, you have waited the time. He, what he was looking for is at that period of time you should react. Then once you react, you have fed it. Let's go on, please. Let's go to the next. Um, that's why the Bible says it says be a lot verse 9 of that scripture says that. Uh, so look at this, resist him, stand. That means maintain your composure. Don't, don't be excited about it. Or else what he's looking for is that if he, that's why Jesus just kept on his stand. A temptation come, he gives him the scripture, he maintains the stand. Because there are times also in spiritual warfare that, uh, just, I want to say, speak it in English. You have actually said, let me do my last. <laughs> Sorry. Those who don't understand that. Amen. Survival of business. Yes. Sorry, my mind just goes. You know. It says, it says, resist him. There are times maybe you are going through a situation. It is not, it is, it's the best weapon you have is to resist. And just allow, keep your calm. At times, you will now look back and say, ah, if I had done this. Some of us are looking back now. It is not the event that happened, but the decision you took in that event. Because what is happening is that he is trying to, but you, are, you and me have not followed scripture to keep our calm, but you have reacted. I used to say to people that when is that I shared here, he said, at times, bad prophecy is not what destroys people. If you follow scriptures, it is your response to bad prophecy. So if somebody says that somebody is a witch, and you now begin to tell everybody, ah, ah that person is a witch, you now begin to misbehave towards that person. You now discover 10 years later that that prophecy was wrong. Is it that prophecy that made you that made it wrong? No, it was your action. So at times what people call, ah, you know, see. I believe God has designed so many things in such a way that you are protected. It's like an insurance. So if some, if you have a dream and you misinterpret it, if you have done it in an honorable way, you will not be of you will not be at fault. The reason why you fed up, you went wrong about it is most of the time. Okay, I was talking to somebody yesterday. Somebody was talking to me about getting married and things like that. They, said, they wanted to be sure if this is God and things like that because you know they just feel that like they date people and you know and, and they later find out that that's not the person. But I want to get to a point where I am clear about about knowing that this is the will of God for me. I said I said to them I said don't worry. I said when the time you say it's not everybody that has a clear picture 
oh, this person I'm going to marry. Me, as an example. I just knew. But what I'm saying to that person is this. If you obey scripture, even if you date people and you end up, it doesn't work, nobody has hurt anybody. But if you have slept with this, slept with that, it is not get, dating the wrong person that is the issue. <laughs> it is what you did in that relationship that makes it hard. Does that make sense? So at times, some things that we think is the issue, it's not the issue. So if somebody says, this person is your boyfriend, though, or girlfriend, I think it's like that. I started going out, I started sleeping with one another, you got pregnant. And I discovered that it's not your boyfriend. Who's at fault? Vision or you? Because if you follow scriptures, the best would be, ah, and I put my heart there, your heart will get healed and you move on. So the issue at times, is, I told that person, see, I cannot guarantee you that you would hear God directly, this is what you are going to buy. You can, see, it would, you would just keep having that. You would just, when you get to that person, you would just know. But that you may not make mistakes along the way, you can. But it is what you, it is not that, because again, at the end of the day, you know, when you now say, oh, we, I am dating this person and things like that, you now begin to make decisions of married couples. It now went a wire. You are now shouting the gaming vision that the does that do you get what I'm trying to say? So at times God, the scriptures is so protected that most of the things that we think is an issue is not an issue. If God gave you a vision that oh your husband is, is the person controlling your destiny and things like things like that, it is the way you respond to it. The scripture says our weapons of warfare are not carnal, but when you now turn into physical battle. You get what I'm saying? In the house, ah, you know, ah, where are you going? Ah, I know. You are taking our destiny away. All this kind of stuff, you know? And you now discover that that vision is wrong. What happens? So somebody giving you a, a wrong vision, it is right to have a right vision. Don't get me wrong. It is important. And God grant us grace. But God also knows that people that are giving you, they are not perfect. They are not God. That is why if you follow whatever they say to you, according to the fear of God, you will have limited damages. If somebody says, go and invest in a business, and it goes wrong, if you did your proper insurance and all those kind of things, even if you suffer loss, it will be limited. But they say, ah, insurance, no. It's this one, no. Uh, God is my protector. Shop wide, you know. <laughs> you don't say that God did not tell me that. Oh, it is because you did not do the proper homework. Do you get what I'm telling you? So, most of the things that people complain are issues. To me, they are not. That's why I tell some, some things I'm a bit more, because I just know that if you do it right, no matter what they say to you, you would, you would get it right. Because you, because you are taking the assurance of God by doing it according to the will of God. Even if somebody says that somebody is the one, your duty is prayer and to be careful. It doesn't mean that you go and start confronting them. Does this make sense to us? You know, like for example, somebody says that your, uh, somebody's parents are the one doing, uh, doing them. The Bible says, honor your father and mother. The Bible doesn't disrespect them. So now because somebody cannot give you a vision, you now begin to disrespect them. The day you now know that that vision is wrong. It is not the vision that made you disrespect. It's not the vision that caused the issue. It is your disrespect that brought that on you. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus. Sorry, sorry I just went away. Right, so, resisting the ability to, out, to wait out a period is important even as you go on in your Christian work. Because seasons will come. But the ability to wait it out is very important. Let's go to the next slide. So you just, that's First Peter chapter 8, um, uh, 5. No, let's just, um, now, John, James, James again, James chapter 4. The Bible says, submit yourself to the Lord. Resist the devil. What does he say? Wait it out. That's what Jesus did. 
he waited those periods out. And at times in ministry, there are times you need to learn to wait things out. Or else, you will just be jumping from one place to another. One thing I have learned in my own little area of ministry is that when somebody offends somebody or says something or offends somebody, at times they are talking the way they feel at that point in time. If you can't take decision following that, ah, you know, I love it because I see forgiveness where people love one another later and things like that. But if you had put it on you, hey, I think that you don't cover that. You don't look back. Ah, pastor, we are friends. What has happened? It was one chance. That's why in seasons, I'm teaching this one, in seasons, that doesn't mean that you ignore what people say to you, but you learn to wait. Because that person is hot at that point in time and they may be speaking the way they feel at that point in time. So also, for men that are married, or those that will get married, when your wife, when you are offended with your wife, ah, you are bad, I've never seen anybody as bad as you. And you'll be thinking in your mind, ah, wait a minute. You just told me yesterday that you love me. How come I'm the, I'm the bad? Because she's speaking the way she feels at that very point in time. If you act on how she's feeling at that point in time, say, ah, you know, hey, what did you say? I'm a bad husband. Ah, you already. But at that point in time, from my own understanding of what I've read, she's speaking the way she feels at that point in time. That does not mean it is a, a, a statement of fact. To dig in, I'm trying to say. So when somebody's angry at that point in time, they can say, ah, Oh, you are the worst person I've ever met. That is not how they feel. At that. That's how they feel at that point in time. But that is not a general statement of who you are. But when you are not taking that statement and acted on it, when that person now comes back and serves you cake or meat pie or whatever the case may be, maybe at home food, you have, you have, you have, you have, you have lost the opportunity. One thing I want you to do as we just hand it on this side is that in spiritual warfare, waiting it out is important. It is a discipline we have to encourage. In every aspect of your life, at your workplace, when things are, when the devil is tearing up things everywhere, the ability to wait and observe things well will help you. Or else, you will get yourself out of the job. It happens in every aspect of life. You cannot wait it out and not discover this is what the devil is doing. But at least, you have not reacted immediately. The devil, the, the, the devil says, or your mask gets set. That was what Jesus was able to do. Able to outweigh, outlive his time. And everything calm down. That Jesus proceeded with this ministry. Only and only Mumiduro. Mumiduro. Devil would that this, the devil the Bible says the devil will keep coming. He will keep coming. He can use anybody. If the devil can kill all men, he will use anybody. But once you understand the terrors of the things of the spirit. You wait it out. It could be your child. It could be your best friend. It could be people that you are leading in, in, in prayer altars. It could be that, you know, any kind of thing. It could, be, it could be somebody that you have been preaching to or somebody that you've given everything to. You hold them in a very strong place. And the devil stares up everything. Wait. Let us learn to resist. Resisting is not fighting. Resisting is taking your stand and maintaining your calm when everything around you is going, is going crazy. When you understand that as an instrument the scripture teaches in the strategies of dealing with the things of the devil, you discover that so many seasons will come and pass. 
I just be looking back and say, ah, if I had taken this decision in buying, ah, no, 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 I would have, I would have, I would have done the worst thing. Let us go answer, please. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.